Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare. And I'm Renee. And on today's show, we have Susan Hoskins in St. Charles, Missouri. And Susan had a three-decade layoff of horses and came back into horses. And she she wants to talk about the challenges and the rewards that you get when you come back into horses. So Renee's going to handle this interview. I'm going to stand back and and manage the engineering part. So I'll let you girls talk. Okay. Hi, Susan. Hi, Susan. <laughs> Hello, John and Renee. I feel like I know you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, what made you decide to go get a horse after all those years? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I am 55 years old and I'm thankful for all 55 years. So not ashamed of my age, very thankful. I always loved horses, never had them growing up, but occasionally rode, you know, families uh, in Oklahoma just a few times, maybe once a year and went through a, um, a hard time as a, became a single mom brief for a few years and um, was in a car accident. And uh, there was not a bad one, but there was money out of, that came out of that through the owner of the car, which was not me. And I spent that money wisely or foolishly, <laughs> however you <laughs> Um, look at that uh, on a horse and that was just between my faith and that horse got me through some really hard times so that was that was a valuable investment then <laughs> and then my husband I uh, met him and we got married and we decided to be a single income family because we wanted we wanted to have a large family which we did we have eight kids and um, we wanted me to be at home with them money was beyond tight. So the horse had to go, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Right. So no horses for decades, I guess, 33 years. Yeah. And then a few years ago, uh, as our kids are moving on and, and growing up, moving away, there was one summer a few years ago where three of them left on the summer and left me with one here, which is our baby who's 18 this, <laughs> this year, and he's graduating this month. So the handwriting was on the wall. The empty nest is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need I'm to find something to... else to do. <laughs> yes. And a lot of older, wiser women um, were, have been saying, don't wait till the last one leaves. So I was trying to listen yeah. to that wisdom. So I uh, started volunteering a few years ago at a ranch ministry, which is about 30 minutes from where I live. And I did know a few people there. And one of my kids had even taken horseback riding lessons out there years ago. And walked in the barn and, you know, I probably don't even need to explain what that does to your body and soul, smell of it and the horses. And I was volunteering and loving it. And it became like not enough (laughs) for me. (laughs) And I would come home and tell my husband, I'm trying to be content, but Uh. this monster inside has been awakened (laughs) and I need, I need more. I need more access. You need a horse. <laughs> I need a, I need something, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and that place was great, but it's not a place where you just go out and ride whenever you want. You have to be on staff and there's responsibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I, I couldn't just go ride. I still do volunteer there. Periodically, I cycle in and out. So what we did was I, I knew there was a couple ladies at our church that had horses, and I contacted them, and one of the ladies said, have you thought about leasing? And I'm like, I don't know. Is that expensive? She said, depends on the person. And she connected me with um, a woman named Barb who has a horse named Bonfire. 
who has been used as a cla- a train a horse for classes and just very well trained, very safe. And I said, can you give me your number? And I called her and we arranged a partial lease and she was so generous. And her, her only requirements for me were that I didn't tell anybody what I paid for the lease. <laughs> <laughs> She's very anti-barn drama. And I thank God for that. She was a great buffer yeah. for that. And we met, and she's just the sweetest lady. And she said, the other requirement is that don't use any other trainer, but this one trainer, Mary Ann, who trained this horse. And she's an older cowgirl judge, has been a judge for decades, and basically knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, let's meet Mary Ann. And my life has just been changed since that woman has been in my life. She's an incredible 75-year-old woman. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, I just can't even that would be a whole other podcast actually just Marianne she's like a local legend it just all fell together so I, I was learning taking lessons with Marianne Marianne and Marianne knew a, a girl that was coming back from a, a pretty bad wreck with a horse and she said I think you two would get along you could you could share lessons and save money which we did mm-hmm. and which was it's really great to have dual lessons because you can see each other and we're on a similar writing level. So it's perfect. After all those years off, Susan, what did you feel like you needed to learn? Honestly, things like being in the moment, I tend to be a type A person. So I have to pull back a little bit. I think I can do more than I can do yet. Mm -hmm. I say yet because there's always hope. (laughs) (laughs) And I think just being aware of my body, how out of shape I really was. Mm. Not that I'm in fantastic shape now, but I'm a lot better shape than I was when I started riding again. Because I loved it so much, I wanted to make it work. And I realized, too, that me being in better shape really helped the horse, too, not just me. So if I'm not off off balance as much and not wiggling as much, he's not, if it's a good horse, he's not trying to kind of compensate and catch me. And the ride just goes better, and we we learn together better. Right, right. How old a horse did you start out on? See, I think Bonfire was about 13 at the time. Oh, good. Something like that. Good age. Yeah. And then after kind of a couple years of that, I was really wanting to get our own, and uh, we do we do own one now and board about thirty minutes from here. So we do have our own horse now, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah. And still, Marianne is our trainer. But I think I think a lot of things that apply to being a little bit older and after a long gap of getting in, back into horses, I think it really applies to everybody. Saw, but there's a huge overlap, like safety and fear and health and the time you have and the budget. But there's some things I think that are specific to being older. And I guess what I'd like to say is partly, I think there's some, some ways to go about it that are more sustainable and some that are not. I, I guess I don't like to see um, older people try to get back into it and give up too quick. Right. Perhaps they've gotten too young a horse or they want to barrel yeah, like race. The wrong, or, the wrong right. Horse, right. Or they're lonely or mm. they're bored. You know, or there's a big drama barn, you know. Right. And there's just changes you can make um, with that. If, if you're lonely, seek a community. And if you're, if you're bored, you might need to upgrade or get a new teacher. Right. Also, some people I've noticed just hop around from method to method to method and don't stick with one. Well, there's a time to learn to find kind of what kind of learning style you are and kind of what your goals are. There's a time for, to search that out. But I also think that you can for 10 years kind of like, oh, dabble in this and dabble in that and really not get anywhere. Right. You need to pick one thing and stick with it. and Stick with it, right. Go and if you have, yeah. um, yes. 
Another factor I, I see a lot is fear. And of course, confidence and fear is that that's across the board. But when you're older, sometimes you become a little bit less sure of your body. You just, and you're afraid to fall. You are and, very and afraid you to fall because you know how hard it is to recover, right? right. Yeah. And I, I think that there's some answers to that. I think there's some safety aspects to it. I know my trainer, when I was writing Bonfire, she would always say, you need to keep your phone on your body, not mm-hmm. not on the saddle. Because if you, you know, get separated, most injuries or accidents, you're separated from the horse general, or you're attached in a really bad way. <laughs> Very bad way. <laughs> yeah. me, which is bad. But so, and I wasn't listening. I just didn't like it in my pocket. She showed me how to sew a little denim pocket on your leg and just stick it in there. Not on your leg, but on the jeans. On the jeans, on your leg. Yeah. Sure enough, one time I was out riding by myself and bonfire spooked and I was just very new, came off and there went my horse back to the barn with my with my your... phone back to the barn with the horse. <laughs> and I told her about that. She laughed for like five solid minutes and uh... I'll never do that again. But anyway, <laughs> so we learned. <laughs> That's funny because I said that just this past weekend, I was getting ready to put it in a bag and I said, oh, nope, got to keep it on my body. On your body, yes. Yeah. And now I've got that horse holster thing that goes around, you know, I don't know if you've seen that. You're but like, you're right. It, yeah, those are great. But mm-hmm. and other things too, I that just I think help with you getting. Sometimes it's the smallest thing that could get someone over the hump of being afraid to continue on with their horses instead of either just dropping it or just or just leaving them in the stall and never going to see them or mm-hmm. and they never get you know worked and and messed with. So mm-hmm. I know there's a, a lady, and I've used this. I don't know if you've heard of the boomerang. It's a oh, um, not. an oh, ring that yeah you can for uh, single reins. So a lot of people are sh- are afraid of their horses shaking their head or their or their head going down so low and they drop the reins, which is scary if you're going at any speed. And I I use that all the time actually. That just is like okay that relieves my fear. I will work up to. I sometimes ride without it, but for now I use it and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> make fun of me. It doesn't matter because it doesn't inhibit the learning and the training of the horse at all. But it helps me just overcome that little bit of nervousness I have about that. Right. And that's fine. It doesn't hurt anything. And like I said, I'm working my way out of it. Right. And whatever makes you more comfortable, it just helps the horse too. Right. And I think just just limiting the risk factor, like I'm trying to ride bareback a little bit more. Oh, wow. That's very brave of you. Well, just a little bit more. And I just have started to pick up the trot a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what what I've been doing, we've had a ton of rain here. And, and even it has even come into the indoor arena because it's just been a washout everywhere. A lot wow. of flooding. But the other day I was out and I was like, I was in the outdoor arena and it had rained a lot. And it, the uh, footing was real soft, but not sitting water. And I thought, you know, this is the perfect time for me to try to do bareback at a trot because if I do come off that ground is super soft <laughs> well I mean I'm thinking I don't want to come off but right. but if I did I mean it really wouldn't be that bad so that's when I tried it and I felt more confident just because I thought if for some reason you know mm-hmm. he would spook and I would come off I, that really would doesn't look that bad to fall into the mud <laughs> <laughs> so just little things like that being aware of our environment and and being smart about it. and Did he do well for you at the trot? He did very well. He, oh, good. He's a quarter horse with a little bit of draft, so he's pretty chill. He's like oh, a big good. dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's so awesome for me right now. 
What did Clinton used to say? That would that would be like riding a, a surfboard or a waterbed. A waterbed, he said. <laughs> like a couch. Yeah. And then when I want when I want speed, I go get on bonfire again because <laughs> he's awesome. Oh, very good. So you still have that connection, huh? I do. Yeah, we moved to barns. We're in a private little barn. Some friends bought property, and they're like, come on out, and Bonfire joined. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. He's Your such a friend. great horse. Susan, what would you consider the rewards of going back to horse riding at this horse ownership? Oh, there's so many. It's so mental and physical. It makes me be in the moment and calm down and notice the horse's body and my body and trying to find the balance between being ready and very aware and being relaxed all at the same time, which is, I think, how we should be just throughout life. But when I'm with the horse, just with him, even not on him, doing groundwork or whatever, just just being very aware and very ready. You know, not that you're scared, not scared, it's different. But you want to be prepared. Yeah. You want to be prepared but you don't want to be tense. Right. So that's one really big thing. The physical thing, I love it so much. I'm motivated and motivated to get my body back in shape Mm -hmm. and to be sharper about things and to not worry about what someone thinks if they see me (laughs) with my lead rope and stick and string, just switching (laughs) back and forth because, because I don't want to stumble on it anymore. I want to be quick because I want the timing to be good and I want to work with my horse in a way that makes sense to him. And it's been such a blessing. And also it's a, it's a place to focus the energy, you know, with kids leaving, leaving last one here. Not that I don't have anything else to do. I have some aging parents that need a little bit more help. And well, it's a wonderful thing for you. Yeah, it is. It is. And my husband shares in it, in it some, he's written just a little bit. He has, other things that he's super interested in, but he's really great with helping me with the horse do things and helping oh, me work good. with loads them on a trailer and things that I kind of need to people as I'm learning it. Very so, good. yeah, I just think, I think it's important to know how to fall. I think you guys had Tommy Turvey on. We did. Uh, yeah. Right, oh, I, he was hilarious. <laughs> if I remember right, he talked about learning how to fall. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, can learn how to fall, the art of falling <laughs> and getting back up. That has helped me too. So yeah, I would say overcoming fear and being very aware of, of your surroundings and body language and your own body and your own mental state. It just calls you up. It calls you upward. It's kind of like perpetual adjustments. <laughs> it is. Is that part of the advice that you would give to somebody in their 50s or 60s that were going out to look for a horse? I would say if they're really thinking they want to, I would say, I mean, there's levels of commitment. I would say volunteering somewhere would be the first level, just getting around them again. Yeah, that was pretty smart. Yeah. Just just kind of to see, because you, you might get back and, and smell the barn and it might not awaken the thing inside you. Again. Right. <laughs> but, but that would be a really good low level of commitment. A second level would be either if someone has a horse that you could just get on now and then and go riding with them or mm-hmm. a partial lease or full lease. I think those are really good transitions and then, then maybe purchase. And then, of course, you know, I think you guys own your own property with horses. That's probably the biggest commitment. Right. So I would say step into it slow and you'll know, you'll know 
Mm. And evaluate, I think, how much time you have, because some people are working later, you know, into their Mm -hmm. life with employment and family and or travel, what your goals are, family, if you have a lot of grandchildren in town, which some of mine are overseas. I I don't have a ton around here right now, although I think I think there's going to be a flood soon. They're talking more (laughs) about more coming. But I mean, really evaluate how much time that you have for it because it does take time. And if you're on a budget like we are, that's a, that's a big factor. Oh, it is. It's yeah. It's an expensive hobby. (laughs) It is. And I've learned to do a lot, a lot myself to save money, like giving some vaccines you can give, give them yourself. And I have done that and learning how, if it's gelding, she's cleaning, it's gross, but it saves money and unneeded supplements. There's some people spend so much money on that stuff that maybe isn't needed some, you know, buying used hack and just, there's a lot of ways to have it fit into your budget. So the budget is a consideration. How much does it really cost? I just think getting back into it is just something that you should do slow because things are different now. seems like when you're 20, you can jump into something and jump right back out. Right. Yes. Everything moves faster. (laughs) Everything just seems to move faster Mm -hmm. and the blow doesn't feel as as big. And I just think it's awesome. I just have loved it and it is just been so so good and there's so many ways to get educated your podcast is huge oh, well, i'm thanks. glad you're coming back by the way <laughs> thank <laughs> really you so am. much thanks i i loved it i learned so much you guys introduced me to so many wonderful rabbit trails oh um, <laughs> yeah you did i mean well, rick so- lamb and, and all his shows and and just the guests you've had on there clinton anderson and Van Hargis, Ride Every Stride, all of those. Yeah. A lot of those are just so informative. A lot of good guys. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and some of them are not great, but a lot of them are really good. They um, are. They think, are, yeah. I think that that's a good way, too, a very low-key, you know, instead of enrolling in an equestrian college, you know, I think you can <laughs> just listen to podcasts, just watch get videos. Some info. Yeah. I even have some 4-H curriculum on horsemanship. It's really thorough and very, oh, very good. good. They are. I mean, now yeah. talk about safety issues that they're going to be key on that. Yeah. And just knowing the horse's body and how it works mm-hmm. affects what you do. Right. As we wrap this up, Susan, is there one key thing you'd like to add? I would say just try it. You really have nothing to lose if you, if you just volunteer or partial lease or just get out and be around horses and like you guys always say just go have fun with your horses try it out and see if it's worth committing to for you at this stage of life Mm -hmm. anything anything can be done find a way Mm -hmm. if it's your thing and it awakens that inside you find a way you know right and having fun with your horses is it's something that I say because I've seen people that have horses and love the idea of horses, but just don't seem to be having a lot of fun. And it's that, it's that fear and anxiety. Just see if, if it is fun for you. And if it's fun for you, then you can run with it as far as you want. Absolutely. I agree. Very well said. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming on. I know there are going to be a lot of people out there who can relate to your experience. We were, we run into them on the trail, many ladies, especially ladies in their 50s and 60s that just have always loved the idea of horses and riding, and now they're getting back into it, and they're, they're having the time of their lives, just like you. <laughs> yep. 
And if you hit a snag, don't give up too quick. See if you can find somebody to help with it. There's exactly. an answer. Right. Well, this has been great, Susan. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day and, and coming on and sharing your thoughts. Well, thank you, guys, and keep up the good work. Thanks. This is kind. Of, this is exactly the kind of thing that I was hoping that uh, this new edition of the podcast would do is get us in touch with our listeners, the real people that are kind of dealing with the real life problems that that happen every day with horse ownership, and we appreciate your help in doing that. I think it's a great idea. Thank you for encouraging all of us to keep having fun with our horses. <laughs> good. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks to Susan Hoskins for sharing the information about getting back into horses after a long layoff. And thanks to Renee for hosting that episode. And remember, you can find every episode we've ever produced on wopodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And if you click the subscribe button, you'll never miss an episode. On the upcoming weeks, we'll have stories from listener Kelly Ald and Sam Finden. And I'd like to know how you handle vaccinations. What do you vaccinate your horse for? And when do you give it? What do you do if your horse reacts to a vaccination? I'm going to make this an open forum for a while where you can share what's important about you and your horse to the Woe Podcast audience. One listener, Joe, had this idea about sharing your thoughts on the Woe Podcast. Here she is. G'day from Australia. And I was really excited to hear about your ideas for the podcast. But I'm wondering if you're stuck a little bit in a synchronous time frame, John. And if actually you could embrace the technology to use asynchronous ideas. So I'm experimenting myself now. I'm making a recording and then I'm going to upload it to a cloud-based storage place so that you can access it and then you can use it as much as you like, chop it up, whatever. And this way people could record their own horse stories or horse questions in their own time and then put them up into the cloud and you can pull them down whenever you're ready because I think that would save a lot of time and difficulties trying to find simultaneous synchronous Skype times. Anyway, I love your show and it's been really amazing for me and my horse and I have been on such a great journey together and it's really helped us listening to all your podcasts and just expanding all of the things that I could think about to do with horses and horse training. Bye. I hope you'll share your thoughts, stories and experiences about you and your horse with the rest of the World Podcast audience. Thanks again for listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and riding buddies. And until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. And then I'll always admonish Renee to try and not laugh so much. I laugh too much. <laughs> Sorry. I love your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. No, you That's lose. one vote. You lose. <laughs> That's why this is, this is going to be a girls' chat. So you can't <laughs> it up all you like. <laughs>